This is Hammond and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Leave reviews, send us nice messages, whatever it is you want to do. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm hanging in there yourself. Uh, same. This has been a lot, you know, a lot's happened since we last recorded. and. Yeah, I don't know, man. I because uh, I was putting together notes for today, I'm like, I don't have a ton about the the protests as much as I have about Trump uh, and the stuff he's been doing this week. But I'm sure they'll all coincide sometime tonight. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel weird about like putting my voice out there right now as a white person, but <laughs> I don't know. We're still gonna bring people. News related we'll to stuff. it'll come up as we talk about Should it. we just kick it off with like Black Lives Matter and we support black people and all cops are bastards? Oh, I don't know if you can agreed, co-sign on that. Agreed, co-signed. We're we're good. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about the thing he did this week with the churches because that gets into the protests as well. <laughs> so here's the setup for it. Uh, I believe this was on Monday night. Trump wanted a photo op in front of a church because he can't lose his church audience. Sure, sure, sure. And he's worried about a dwindling base, which we'll talk about a little later tonight. So his plan was, all right, well, what's the cheapest, easiest thing I can do? It's going to the church that's three feet away from my house, standing in front of it like an idiot, uh, and holding up a around. and then everyone will believe I am a man of God. I think that's the thought process here. And so in order to go to St. John's Episcopal Church, he had to make that walk outside, which required mm-hmm. secret service, which is not that big of a deal because that happens. Right. But also there were protesters there doing the police. Uh, police brutality protest stuff Mm -hmm. they wiped them out of the way with like tear gas yeah um and the whole they've spent days now arguing semantics about well it wasn't tear gas it's just regular gas that made people tear up what are you talking about liars (laughs) in the media um but they cleared out protesters including including plenty of christians but including other priests including mm -hmm. priests that i think are part of that congregation and so he made his way to St. John's Church. Someone, I think Ivanka, handed him a Bible so he could hold it up in front of the church because he has to have something to hold up. Sure. He held it up like a guy who's never held a book in his life. I think it was upside down because the ribbon was hanging low. And usually the ribbon's at the top of the book so you can mark your page. The oh ribbon's hanging down. So he's holding it upside down. Someone asks him, is that your Bible? And he's like, it's a Bible because he doesn't know. And he holds it up like an idiot, just holding it up in front, by the way, in front of a sign outside the church that says, all are welcome, because this church is a good, inclusive, nice people church that he doesn't attend. So basically, Trump is in front of a church he doesn't attend that preaches policies that oppose him, holding Mm -hmm. a Bible he's never read, gassing protesters who hate him, so he could like make Christians happy. And even they had to stretch to make him look good. Like his own defenders had to be like, yeah, this guy loves God. He yeah. loves us. It's, it's, I feel like every day we see more and more like dystopian nightmare garbage. 
and really a, a, a world leader, the president of the United States, who wants a photo. I, I think it's important to, to like bear in mind, it's not that he wanted to attend church. He oh, surely no. he did it for the photo op. He didn't go in the church. He doesn't go in that church regularly, no, and he did didn't go see, inside now. Did you see the picture of him and Melania? Oh, so that's, we'll get to that, too, because okay. that was photo op number two, because this one failed. This right. was photo op number one outside okay, so, the Episcopal Church. I mean, just, just take a step back to, like, kind of parse out the world, because you get so narrowed in. But imagine reading a book. <laughs> And in that book, some leader is like, I need to go get a photo op in front of this building for no specific reason. And let's tear gas people to get them out of the way. Tear gas people who are protesting the fact that the police use things like tear gas to hurt people who are by and large peacefully protesting. It is so dystopian. I can't stand it. Like we're we're drifting into self-parody in a way that I never saw coming. And and it's not going to be enough to get Republicans to realize they're living in the dystopian nightmare. Um, some of the more enjoyable comments, only enjoyable because it's fun to see people trashing him when you're not expecting them to trash anybody. Uh-huh. Um, Reverend Marianne Budd, who is the bishop of the Washington Episcopal Diocese, said what Trump did in front of that church, which is under her purview, Um, was an abuse of the spiritual tools and symbols of our tradition and of our sacred space. Uh Um, Reverend James Martin, a prominent Jesuit priest, he said what Trump is doing is pretty much the opposite of all Jesus stood for. Mm -hmm. And then he said, let me be clear, this is revolting. The Bible is not a prop. A church is not a photo op. Religion is not a political tool. And God is not a plaything. So those were just from... That first photo op. So his attempt to win over his base didn't really work because the religion that he was trying. And by the way, he's not even Episcopalian. I think on paper he's Presbyterian. Not that it matters for him. (laughs) But like it wasn't even his denomination. And the people whose denomination it was fucking hated the fact that he was using their stuff for to promote, you know, bigotry and hate. So Mm then uh, that was on Monday. Uh, then, like a day later, I think he does it again. This time, him and Melania appeared outside a Washington D.C. shrine to Pope John Paul II, which is, is the Catholic institution. So now they're standing in front of like a giant statue of Pope John Paul II, and this is the one with him and Melania, no Bible, just standing awkwardly. It is truly the eeriest picture i have seen there's like one particular one i'm thinking of that it's just the two of them with the empty church behind them yeah and it is just again outside the they were outside this church because they were not uh going to step inside of it but uh yeah uh, one the catholic archbishop of washington dc wilton gregory he said i found i find it baffling and reprehensible that any catholic facility would allow itself to be so egregiously misused and manipulated and listen when the catholic church can take the moral high ground and they're right mm-hmm. like jesus how bad do you have to be yeah man this one picture that um, melania posted is just the two of them standing, arms at their sides, 
blanket. It's very American Gothic. That's exactly. <laughs> so you're saying they're outside for this? They look like they're they inside. Are outside of it. They, I don't think they're inside. I think they were outside of the shrine where the the statue is. I think it's the one where he had like some microphone picked him up, and him talking to Melania like smile. No, oh, I didn't hear that. She, I just sent you the oh, picture yeah, that yeah. I'm looking at. This is them outside. Okay. This, I believe they're outside. Oh, that's a different one that you're looking at. That okay. one is inside the church. I was, uh, the one I was looking at is them standing outside the statue that's just outside of that. The one you're talking about, yeah, they are inside that church. It is totally empty. It's just the two of them awkwardly standing in front of the altar while oh, all the I'm just seeing the American Gothic right them. now. Um, but either way, it's just creepy. It's creepy. Like, if you are Catholic, if you are Episcopalian, I can't imagine anyone's looking at this and coming away thinking, yeah, that was a totally normal thing. Maybe you think, if you're conservative religious, you're thinking, well, I still like his policies for some stupid reason, but I don't get these photo ops. Anyone coming away from that thinking, yep, I didn't like him before, but I like him now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it helped. It was... Like, who is the idiot that decided, yep, this is the way we're going to win over religious voters? Remember, Barack Obama, after that shooting, went to a church in, I think, South Carolina and sang Amazing Grace in the church during, like, the eulogies for those people who were killed in the massacre. Donald Trump can't even step inside with, like, the without the burning. He steps <laughs> outside, holds up a Bible, and is like, see, who's the religious guy now? Who does the religious crowd like? And man, how do you if you're so morally bankrupt that you can look at these pictures and think, Yep, I'm for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's defending my faith. Like all of you are messed up. Yeah, none of this is great. Looking at the uh responses on Melania's Twitter tweet. There are a couple people. Real Catholics love you and President Donald Trump. Thank you Real for your support. Real Catholics. There you go. And Christians throughout <laughs> the world. Like, the, I feel like um, uh, I, I feel like Christian Trump supporters really thrive on a uh, like no tr- no true Scotsman kind of thing. That it's because it, it, they use that a lot, like real Christians and real Catholics or whatever, right. as opposed to. And by real, they only mean conservative and nobody else. And racist. And racist, yeah. Uh, And by the way, I think the reason that he went to the trouble of doing these stupid photo ops is because of information that came out this week that shows he is losing support among the very base that he needs. So these are some of the numbers that he needs to be worried about. Um, Just... To give you uh, any listener a refresher, in 2016, among white evangelical Christians, about 81% of them, as the ice machine goes in the background, <laughs> yep, about 81% of white evangelicals who voted, voted for Trump. So, like, when you're in the midst of trying to get reelected, you need as many of those people. That's your biggest crowd, because mm-hmm. you're losing women, you're losing yes. col- uh people without a college degree, whatever it is. But like when you have 81%, you can really only go down Mm -hmm. and he can't lose that many, not in swing States. Mm -hmm. And here's what he has him worried. According to the New York times this week, some of those people are starting to slip away from him. According to PRRI, one of the polling organizations, his favorability among white evangelicals has fallen to 62%. 
So like only 62% of white evangelicals think he's a good president right now. Is there a difference between favorability and approval ratings? Uh, more or less the same thing. Okay. Um, white Catholics also broke overwhelmingly in his favor. They sure. said his approval among white Catholics fallen by 27% since March. And again, what's in March? The pandemic is happening. Usually when there's a crisis like that, people rally around the president, even an incompetent one, like Bush after 9-11. Like, I don't care what's happening. I love my country. I support the president. He's lost the easiest given to him on a silver platter bonus that he could have gotten. And he's squandered all of that. Now, the one thing to keep in mind is even if he's losing his base right now, uh, a lot of people kind of didn't like him. Conservative religious people weren't like proud of him before the 2016 elections either. Like the month when a uh, month before the election, when the pussy grabbing tape came out, they <laughs> all said out loud, like, well, I don't love the guy, sure. but butter emails like that was their mentality. So they all said, I don't love the guy, but then they all voted for him anyway. So there is a difference to keep in mind. <laughs> But this is why Trump is trying to do these photo ops. He's like, nope, got to remind them that I'm the only option available. Sure, right. Joe Biden is a devout Catholic, mm-hmm. but I'm the guy who'll hold a Bible upside down in front of a church I don't go to. Yeah, not not just anybody can hold a Bible upside down in front of a church. Nope, I mean. Just him. Um, <sighs> and of course, at, like, give it closer to the election. He'll just kind of yell out abortion and sure. Joe Biden will... And a bunch of these people will be like, yes, abortion. My mind has been brainwashed. I will vote for Trump, even though abortion rates go down under Democrats. Which, I mean, don't try to throw facts at these people, Hammond. They don't Mm. like them and it scares them. Uh, So, I mean, maybe there's hope that some of these, I mean, even though the numbers are falling approval rating wise, maybe some of them are embarrassed enough by him. Because remember, like for for the next generation, anytime someone says, I'm a white evangelical, come join my team, it'll Mm -hmm. be like, well, you're the people that supported Trump, so fuck you. They have that around their necks for the next generation. Yes. Um, Just like they had all the racists a few decades ago. And it's like, well, you're all racist because look at your leaders because they were Mm pro-segregation. And eventually they're like, well, no, we're not because look at all the people. We're all opposed to it now. Well, right now they have Trump around their necks. Maybe some of them, the younger ones especially, are like, fine, I don't want this guy representing my religion. I'm not going to vote for him Mm because I want to clean my religion of his stain or whatever it is. Yeah. And I don't know. It it really is wild that he's still, it just seems like this sort of disingenuous thing that both Trump and his, his followers are both willing. They're both willing to like play this pantomime of, we all know that Trump is not religious. We all know he does Mm -hmm. not go to church. We know he can't accurately quote the Bible. We, we, yeah, we know what was the one going around again this week? Donald Trump, what's your favorite? Are, do you like the Bible? I love the Bible. It's like the, the first best book. Mine is only the second best book. Oh, do you I like the old? Oh, yeah. say Part of the deal is the second best book ever is what he said. And then they're like, well, are you an Old Testament guy or a New Testament guy? Which is a dumb question. And he's like, uh, both. I like them both. Which uh, is, again... <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they still like the guy. They still voted for him. And Hammond, say what you will. It's not tacky for him to say that The Art of the Deal is the second best book in the world because he did not write that book. So it's not technically <laughs> right. like sucking his own dick. Right. 
right? Oh my God. I did not know. He said, I like both of that. He couldn't even just say one. Uh, let me quote it exactly. Are you a new or old Testament guy? Probably equal. The Bible is just incredible. The Bible is special. Wow. That was before 2016 that, election. They still ran to the guy. One of my favorite things to do is think about <laughs> think about Trump giving a book report in like fourth grade in front of the class because he obviously has never read the book. And anytime somebody asks right. him about the Bible, like it really is that Simpsons that Simpsons uh, bit of like, and that's oh, what they. Like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's it's literally like when Bart didn't read the book, and he ends with, "And the Indians call corn maize." Like <laughs> it is just all the words he can think of, which are not many. Anyway, go ahead. And it's not even the Bible. You could do that with a press briefing, or just say like, "What is COVID nineteen?" He would do the same thing. It's like, well, it's it's a disease. Okay, well, how is it spread? Uh, you know, in ways. Like, he would do the same thing with any issue. Name a foreign country. What's our relationship with them? He doesn't know. He doesn't know the names of the countries. Like, he's seriously stupid. And religious people, the conservative ones, are bending over, like, twisting themselves in pretzels to keep defending. The, I mean, Robert Jeffress, one of his staunchest defenders, has been on Fox News all week saying, like, seriously pointing to the photo op as evidence that he has... He, he's like a loving guy when it comes to evangelical Christians, has a special place in his heart for evangelicals. Like he's seriously going on Fox News saying like, yep, this is one of our guys. We love him. Mm -hmm. They're fall. I mean, some of them are still there. They never left. And again, how insane do you have to be to reluctantly have voted for him in 2016 and yeah. still years later say, yep, still After there after millions of people have gotten sick and slash or died. Also right. that Simpsons, and counting, none of that it Simpsons thing was Bart's report on Libya. The exports of Libya are numerous <laughs> in amount. One thing they export is corn or as the Indians call it maize. Another <laughs> famous Indian was crazy horse. In conclusion, Libya is a land of contrast. Thank you. That is yes. genuinely what plays in my head. Every time Trump answers a question off the cuff. <laughs> Merriam-Webster defines yeah. <laughs> um, this is a totally different story, but it's along the same lines of churches not doing so well. The Southern Baptist Convention, which is the largest Protestant denomination in the country, just released a report this week saying that, uh, it's looking at numbers from 2019 compared to 2018, and it turns out they lost more members they lost more members in 2019 than at any point in the past 100 years, which again is, they still got a lot of people. They dropped basically from 14.8 million to 14.5 million. Really? So they lost about 300,000 people, um, which again, that's not a small number. And a lot of what, well, here's what they were arguing about more or less when they interviewed uh, Southern Baptist pastors, leaders, if you ask them, why are people leaving the church? They all gave a lot of very different answers. Some of them tried to rationalize the numbers like, well, we didn't get perfect numbers from every state because they all just have a million churches and they ask the churches to report. It's not the Catholic church where it's an umbrella. It's a very loose confederacy of churches that make up the convention. So they're like, well, some churches didn't tally the numbers correctly, but 
there's a few reasons to look at. One is that they mention America is becoming a more secularized country. Not atheist, but less Uh religious. The nuns are on the rise. That is happening, has been happening for years. Uh It's affecting them because, again, when you're the Southern Baptists or Catholics, Uh you're already at the top of the pile. You can only go down. So, but it's clear no one's running to be a Southern Baptist. They're running (laughs) away. So that rise in secularization is helping. Another thing that is helping those numbers go down is that a lot of children whose parents are Southern Baptist are not staying in the religion. And mm-hmm. they were always counting on that. You were raised in the church. You will grow up in the church. Same with Catholics. And now a lot of those kids are like, yeah, yeah, right. And they leave. Maybe they're not atheists. Maybe they go to a different, nicer church. But they're not sticking around with the Southern Baptists. And I would also add 2019 is a year when there were a ton of media stories about sexual abuse cover-ups within sure. Southern Baptist churches, just like we saw with the Catholic church. So, well, I, I guess that all makes sense. And I wonder why the church is surprised because really, and truly like, are they doing anything to keep these people around? Like they're not, they're not changing their views, which I would argue is probably the biggest thing. They were, they've always been right wing. They've always been anti women when it comes to abortion rights and even treating women as equals within the church. They don't do that. This is Southern Baptists don't have women preachers. Um, They're anti LGBTQ. Obviously they still hold to that. And if you're a younger Christian, again, younger Christians are not as anti gay by a lot. Right. Their parents were. And again, if you care about LGBTQ people at all, the Southern Baptists, a Southern Baptist church is not a place you would feel comfortable going to. Why is it the bigotry? Yeah, I, I do think it's the the world has changed so dramatically, and even the last ten years, just in terms of how we view quote unquote others. So, so whether it's people of color or the LGBTQ community, people by and large are becoming much more accepting of people who aren't them, and that has a lot to do with right the internet and media is is covering you know. Whereas Will and Grace used to be the one show we had about gay mm-hmm. people, now a lot of shows have just gay characters who the point of their character isn't they're the quote unquote gay one. Um, and, and so we're living that, in this. All of that stuff has been going on forever. Like okay. the internet, the, the will and grace, the you're seeing people who reflect reality more often. I feel like that's been going on for a while. Those trends are still continuing. The question is what hit them in 2018 or 2019 that they're suddenly losing even more people and i i don't know if it's just that trend and younger people are finally the demographics are catching up to them mm-hmm. finally i feel like they're also playing their part in pushing people away because of all these reports saying okay well it turns out when people came to the southern baptist pastors with stories about how they were assaulted a lot of those preachers were like well don't tell anybody or we'll keep it in house and then we'll shuffle around their uh, assailants, nothing ever happened to them. You might have said this and I missed it. When was the last time they took this survey or is it an annual thing? Annually. So it really was in a 12-month period. They saw a really precipitous drop. Yeah, a couple interesting numbers to point out. Uh, So I said this, in 2018, there were 14.8 million members. That's now 14.5. Their all-time high was 16.3 million. That was in 2003. A couple other things. In 2019, 
there were about 10.6 thousand fewer baptisms than the year before. So not a lot of people coming to Jesus. They had about 50,000 fewer people attending weekly services compared to 2018. They had about 11.4 thousand fewer people attending Sunday school or Bible study or small group. Mm -hmm. And all of that meant they lost about $170 million dollars compared to what they were making in 2018. Now, to put that number in perspective, this is like Jeff Bezos saying, oh, no, I had a bad day in the stock market. Like, don't feel bad for him. He's doing just fine. Yeah, he took a hit, but it's not, it's pennies to him. But when the biggest denomination in the country is taking a relatively massive hit, that's a story. And like, they're freaking out about it, even if the rest of us are like, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. And I think that what is going to be more interesting is to see where the trends go. Like, is it going to continue yeah. to trend downward? That, that, that I'm very, I, I presume it will, cause I don't know what they've done to, to entice people either back to the church or to the church for the first, like if you were, say you're you and me, what is a Baptist church? I guess we don't live in the South, but like, what is a Baptist church doing to bring in people like who didn't grow up Baptist, didn't right. grow up even really like they're not. I mean, what's do- their appeal even to other Christians? And again, it's if you're a conservative Christian to begin with and like one, you're probably already part of that church. Right. But if you're not, I don't I, I genuinely I would love to know what the appeal is for a Southern Baptist church that you don't belong to yeah. compared because if you're looking for a community, if you're looking for a church, well, you have those options probably elsewhere if you belong to that belief system. So yeah, what is drawing you to them specifically? I have no idea because they don't change. That's their, that's their bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're the same as always. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't pretty much care, right. but at least that's somewhat good news that they're leaving. All right. I got, here's a story that I'd love to hear your take on. <laughs> Okay, here's the backstory to this one. I'm not going to say the girl's name because whatever, you'll see why in a second. I'm going to read you what this girl who is a high school graduate posted on Facebook. Or it, I think it's Facebook. It might have been Instagram. But here's what it's she posted. TikTok. It's TikTok today. I, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. She's not dancing. I just see the words. Here's what she wrote. Uh, she's talking about the protests. So okay. you know it's going to be good. Oh, um, tell me she's a white person first. She is very, very oh, white. Guys. Uh, honestly, everyone needs to just shut the fuck up. STFU about this guy who oh, died. I did read this. Yes, go. Follow the damn law and there wouldn't be issues. If you don't agree with me, I don't give a fuck because whatever you say won't change my mind. He wasn't innocent. He was doing something illegal. My favorite cop will always be some guy it's irrelevant end of story also trump 2020 might as well piss everyone off so basically i don't care about george floyd i don't care that he died if he followed the law he would be fine it's not true that's the whole point of the protests yeah um so this girl posts this thing on facebook so i did read about her and what i remember reading is that she's a cheerleader and like a tumbler She and she is. got she accepted into a college that she's excited Arizona about. Arizona Christian University accepted her and gave her an athletic scholarship for their acrobatic and tumbling team. Mm-hmm. And to the point where if you look at the tumbling team's Instagram account, which I did, they had, yeah, they had like a picture of all their recruits 
the high school seniors who are coming there next year. Um, and they were like, here, here's the person, here's their name. Look at their doing their signing statement or whatever. And they had heard (laughs) (laughs) they had some, but I think the flips were of their own team, Mm. but they posted all that stuff. And then this happened this week and a bunch of people, because this girl was posting publicly about everything pretty much (laughs) connected all the dots. They're like, Oh, she's going to Arizona Christian. Oh, she's there on a scholarship because she's bragging about that. Someone even asked her something like, uh, like, aren't you afraid of going of whatever? Someone's going to see this. Oh, I'm not worried. I'm going to Arizona Christian on a scholarship or something like she confessed all this. And within like a day, Arizona Christian posted this statement. I'm going to shorten it. Here's what they said. Yesterday afternoon, we became aware that a prospective student posted public comments that are offensive, hurtful, and violate the standards of our community. After an internal investigation confirmed these facts, this prospective student's scholarship offer and offer of admission were immediately rescinded. Dot, dot, dot. And even the tumbling team posted on Instagram were a racially diverse community of Christians. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, During these challenging times, we pray for justice. We pray for peace. We pray for healing. We will never tolerate racism in our program. I am shocked that that happened honestly um because while what she said was despicable and shitty and reeks of white privilege she didn't drop an n-bomb like she didn't like obviously i i want to be very clear i posted a thing that was ignorant maybe but maybe not malicious yeah i mean yes i think it was malicious but not in the way that she understood like i think she she posted as many people do from a point up from a place of immense privilege and naivete yeah like it fits in with the fox news narrative yeah exactly like so i read that and to me that wasn't any different than the shit i read on my garbage facebook groups that i'm in for my for like neighborville or whatever which by the way i had to mute them because they were making (laughs) me fucking bonkers um but but so yeah like I, I guess I read that and I was like yeah that seems like a garbage person with garbage opinions but a lot of people have garbage opinions I, I'm right. pleased so, and shocked that the the university took took such drastic actions. So this is what I wanted to ask because I I have an opinion on this but then I can kind of see the other perspective so I want to hear your take on this. Here's the I question: uh, Arizona Christian seems like a relatively liberal christian school as far as you can be mm-hmm. when you're a christian school so like okay good for them for acting quickly verifying what they had to verify taking actual action and my thinking is like good you should have expelled her because she's openly racist Bring- expelled just didn't allow her in. Oh, yeah. it's not even like yeah, they had exactly. to take steps to like eject you know eject her from the right. anyway go ahead uh it's not like she was living in the dorms or anything right, right. um they got rid of her where you're not coming to our school. And they didn't say this, but I can extrapolate and say, if you bring her to school now, next year, let's say they open up in August, she goes there. Now every student, because it's not a huge school, I don't think, every student knows each other. Like it's one of those, oh, she's the racist. And if you're a student on that campus who's a person of color, that person is now interfering with your education by merely being on campus knowing, oh, this is what she thinks of me. And I think the school is right to say, okay, we're looking out for our other students who did get accepted and are here and we want them here. And of course, we're not going to bring this girl to our school now. Like, 
again, it has nothing to do with supporting Trump. It's about the open racism. Oh, shit. It's really small. It's 820 people. Yeah. So it's one of those schools where, like, everyone knows each other and stuff like that. Oh. I I get that. I get where they're coming from. And my first instinct was like, yeah, good for the school for expelling her and taking away her scholarship. Here's the counter argument that I've heard since then. And we posted something about this, too, on the website, which is, okay, what she said was wrong. Yes. What's the end goal here? The end goal is to get her to not be racist. And let's assume she's 18. Um, 18-year-olds do a lot of dumb things. They say a lot of dumb things. They think a lot of dumb things. So the argument is, well, let's all admit she's an idiot. Bring her to campus where she is going to encounter a more diverse bubble of people than she might encounter in her, I think, Ohio suburb that she lives in. And let her get exposed to those ideas because that may help her. I'll I'll give it a, give me a second here. That will help her realize how wrong she is because if by kicking her out, think about what happens now. She gets deeper and deeper into her own tunnel vision about her ideas. She thinks like, well, I was definitely right. Cause like the, the liberals don't I want anything. The liberals mad. I'm doing yeah. something right. Um, she doesn't meet people of color cause she probably doesn't know any now. Otherwise she wouldn't say something stupid. So mm-hmm. by telling her she can't come to school, I mean, granted, she can go to a different school. She can go to a community college, but who knows what's going to happen. But by not taking her, you are basically allowing her to stay in the bubble that she's already in. And wouldn't it have been preferable, this is the counter argument, to say, fine, we're not giving you a scholarship. We're not rewarding you, despite whatever athletic talent you have. But we're not expelling, we're not rescinding your admission either. Come to our school. We want you here. We hope your time here will expose you to some sensibility. So that's that's the counter argument here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm not a hundred percent on board with with like rescinding your scholarship. I think it's the right thing to do. I'm not a thousand percent on board with with uh, saying that she can't go there anymore, but not because of that reason. Uh, to me, it is more like. I guess my my problem with saying what you said like or what you were positing kind of that we should give this person the chance to break out of their own bubble and learn. But that then puts the onus on all of the student body and all of the people of color at Arizona State University to then be her like Arizona Christian, excuse me, um, Arizona Christian to then be her like guiding force through like teach her how out of rate talk her out of being racist, which I don't yeah. think... Let me add more homework to your pile. Here's an right. ignorant white girl. Go teach and like, I mean, thinking if I was, you know, a sophomore at, currently in, enrolled in that school, say I was on the fucking tumbling team or the cheerleading team or whatever she was on, and I knew this, this person, because this went viral, I knew this person has these really shitty viewpoints and I'm a person of color. Like how am I supposed to deal with that of having a person who doesn't really witness my humanity in any meaningful way? Like that's not fair to the other people on her team to then go in and like poison them with her bullshit. Like I don't, I, I hate I'm putting the onus argue- on people's like black friends or black communities yeah. of educating white idiots. Like they don't need to do that. We need, we, she obviously has access to the internet. She can like do a fucking Google search, you know? Right. I'm, I'm purely arguing 
uh, to play devil's advocate here, like, okay, let's say she didn't post her stupid post, then she would still be going to this school, still be getting her scholarship, and then we would still be, we, uh, she would still be in the same position where she's at the school, still racist, and maybe she says all this out loud to her uh, classmates and her teammates and stuff. So, like, ultimately they do still have to be in the position of educating her, whether they like it or not, because they got to deal with her. Um, Now it's out in the open because she said it online. I don't know that like it, she would have been a racist on campus either way. It's a question of, Oh, she's an open racist, but maybe she would have been openly doing it too. She just posted. And that was the stupid thing she did. Um, I I don't, I I lean on the school was right to say no to her because she doesn't she doesn't have a right to go to that school it's a privilege to go to whatever college you're accepted to and if you screw up especially if you screw up in such a awful way right. yeah they don't have a right to they don't have any like obligation. obligation to say fine come here and let us educate you um now here's <laughs> another fear cherry falwell jr i'm sure oh is God. like come to Liberty. He hasn't done this, but hypothetically he could say, come to Liberty university. We like open-minded people. We, we don't condone racism, but we will love to have you here. We have a fine athletic program. Can you see him doing that? I could. And, and if she does that now we're all worse off because a racist girl goes to an ignorant school, learns nothing. So again, this is the, if you think what she did is racist, keep her in your fold i don't yeah. agree with this by the way i don't agree with that at all <laughs> i don't but, I, but I think yeah i would rather see a world where people who expound racist views are also see consequences to their actions and mm-hmm. they and listen she's 18 she's young but she's a fucking adult or what you know hypothetically she's a teenager she's about to go to college so she's of age right she is she did something there were consequences to her action and now it's on her to decide how she wants to to move forward with that because i we can't we can't control what this girl does right like Mm -hmm. nobody can and whether she goes to this christian university whether she goes to community college whether she goes to liberty or whatever she has the mindset she has and it is her duty to change if she thinks if she sees this as an opportunity to reflect on herself great and if not fucking fine like she's not the only racist in america we've been you know dealing with them for a long time and there's no like sending a person to college does not mean they're gonna stop being racist i know i'm still facebook friends with a lot of my college friends i went to school at ball state university in muncie indiana and guess what a fuck ton of them are still racist like that's just the world so i don't i'm uh, like I get the idea of well, we, she should be embraced and, and taught instead of punished. Listen, if you're in 2020 and you see what's happening to people of color all across this country, and you think it's the pe- the person of color's fault for getting murdered by cops, then I don't fucking know what to tell you. That's yeah. just that is something you have. That's a journey you have to go on, and I'm I'm not going to be your 
fucking guide. And I don't think any person of color needs to put in the emotional labor to try to explain to somebody why cops murdering, even if he was a, even if he did do something illegal, cops murdering a criminal is bad. And if she can't see that on its face, then I'm not sure what to tell her. And I don't think having like a fun black friend is really going to turn her around on this one. I don't know. I, whatever. Like, I don't feel, I don't fucking feel sorry for her. Do you want to talk about Dan Patrick, the Lieutenant governor of Texas? Oh God. Dan Patrick has a real special skill of just saying the exact wrong thing. What did we call him out? Oh, he was the one who also said that, um, that old people should die for the economy. Was that him? He did. That was him. Yep. 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 Yeah. He's back, back again. Um, so Wednesday night, he was giving some really good insights about the root of um, of the racial tensions in America. Because, you know, he as a rich white guy definitely has his finger on that particular pulse. Um, so he <laughs> so he tried to pin um, the racial problems in the U.S. on people not being religious enough, more specifically, that the left does not accept Jesus Christ. He said, quote, you cannot change the culture of a country until you change the character of mankind. And you cannot change that unless you change the heart. And for billions of us on the planet, we believe you can't do that unless you accept Jesus Christ or unless you accept God. God's been left out of this equation through all of this. And we need tremendous healing. We cannot heal through commissions and blue ribbon panels and more laws. So the solution to racism so, um, is more Jesus. Do you agree, Hammond? <laughs> oh, yes. The racism cannot be solved with more Jesus. Mind you, the Bible was used to justify segregation and slavery. But, um, by the way, Dan Patrick in that same uh, interview also said, we have a country where we've been working really hard, particularly on the left, to kick God out. Which, again has never happened. There are plenty of religious people, like still, and even the atheists haven't kicked God out. Otherwise, God is apparently very weak. <laughs> but yeah, like this idea that racism can't be solved unless you accept Jesus. Well, all, a lot of the people protesting believe in Christ, and a lot of the cops believe in Christ, and everyone involved is either religious or they're working together to fix the problem. And it's telling coming from a guy who has no solutions that are useful. Like, did you see that old commercial with like Kendall Jenner where she gives Pepsi to the cops and everyone gets along or whatever. Yeah. It cures racism. That was a better solution than what Dan Patrick is offering right now. At least Pepsi oh. has caffeine in it, so maybe people are in, like, a better mood <laughs> afterwards. Or they just, like, punch cops harder because they're all caffeinated. There um, you go. By the way, Dan Patrick <laughs> was the same guy who said there was a school shooting in Texas, and he said, well, it's because we won't even let our kids pray in the schools. And he's the same guy who, after the Pulse nightclub massacre, like, the next <sighs> morning, tweeted a picture of a Bible verse saying, God cannot be mocked, and a man reaps what he sows, which he later said... That was just coincidental with the yeah, time. Yeah, he was talking about other people who don't yeah. like God. I mean, when you when people say things like this, um, yeah. do you, in your heart of hearts, do you think that he is being wild, dumb, and wrong and misguided? Do you think he's at least being earnest? Do you think he truly believes that cops are murdering black people because they're not religious enough? 
No, I don't think he's complaining about the cops. I think he, oh, he the writers. Okay. The cops made the mistake or whatever. I think his thinking is the racism isn't the problem. Sin is the problem. And that's why we're having problems. And if everyone just believed in God the way he does, we wouldn't have any of the problems about anything, which is a way of totally sidestepping uh, racism, systemic and, racism, right. these specific issues at hand in the George Floyd incident and Breonna Taylor and all these <laughs> other people. Like he's just ignoring the specifics because he doesn't have any solutions. And somehow, when you're a Republican in Texas, that's appealing to you to have someone who has no solutions but says Jesus a lot. And so, but, no, this I, I think he believes it. I just no, think stupid fact it's dumb that people think this is a reasonable thing to say and he said it to a fox news host who didn't push him back of course push back on it at all yeah i don't know i i guess for a long time and especially since the era of trump i'm so um uh, skeptical of people who use religion like in ways like that, I, I just don't believe anymore that these people actually believe it. I think they just want to cling to power and will say whatever they I need to giving say. Them, I think you're giving them more credit than they deserve. I think they really do believe God. It's like Mike Pence. I, re, I, I find it hard to believe Mike Pence doesn't believe what he says like uh -huh. i think he really walks the walk in the sense that he thinks god put him here he thinks uh whatever stupid things about jesus he wants to but even with donald trump it's like dude if you're a devout christian doesn't donald trump go against your values mm -hmm. and his rationalization is god put me here for a reason mm. And that will allow him to look the other way as all these atrocities are happening. Right. And I think Patrick works the same way. I think all these so-called Christians in office, the Republicans who are totally silent anytime Trump does something wrong or they offer like a Susan Collins mild rebuke, that means nothing. They're, they all believe that like, well, there's got to be a better, there's got to be a reason God's allowing this to happen. So let me just ride along and not question it. And that's the way bad things happen because stupid people don't know how to question stuff because they've been led to believe this is all part of some master plan. Yeah. And I guess if nobody's really pushed back on them in their life, aside from those they deem yeah. enemies, which would be people like us. Right. There's no reason they shouldn't sincerely believe the thing. Quick sidebar. Yeah, we've been raised in environments where when you say the things they are saying, that Jesus is the answer that we just need to believe in God more and trust God, that's always been the right answer in all of their circles. And it's only now when they're in these positions where they are supposedly speaking to people outside their bubbles, where right. it's like, no, that doesn't work. And that's a stupid thing to say. And that's the wrong answer. And you're not helping and they've never been told that ever, sure. at least in any meaningful way. Yeah. And now by doing it, they're hurting people. Um, quick sidebar before we move on. You know, what we did not talk about um, in, during in the last couple of weeks is all of the images that we saw of priests baptizing babies with squirt guns. Did we talk about that? We did not talk about that a lot. Just want to make sure that we put a flat plant a flag there and 
realize how stupid if you haven't already stupid religion is. <laughs> I, I mean, I know they're meant. All those pictures are hilarious, and everyone sharing them is like, you got to see this stupid shit. Because it's literally a priest with a super soaker, like baptizing a baby in the car or holy water in the car. Um, But at the same time, it's like, all right, you know what? I don't even know if I can laugh at it because you're doing the thing everyone's asking you to do during the COVID crisis, which is don't get close to people. Yeah. Uh, Like, what do you want from them? What I want from them? I mean, in general, like, what does anyone want? You not want them to use that? Do you want them to actually put Uh, holy water? I would probably think a better solution would be to like, wait a couple months for this thing to blow over and then have a regular ceremony and not, simulate firearms on an infant but you know what what the fuck do i know right like yeah all of me was like you don't have to go to church just wait it out a few months but if you really need it for whatever deluded reason you think okay fine do the super soakers i'll make fun of you but you can you do you it works it's not hurting people fine Uh, um can we talk about pope francis for a sec Sure. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is it ever a good thing when we talk about the Pope? I, it goes both ways with him. Um. So Pope Francis is both side sidesing the shit out of um, the racial unrest in the U.S. right now. Um, he, like so many of our greatest voices, thinks there's blame to be shared on both sides. Of course. So side um, being what racists and not racists or cops mm-hmm. and protesters, um, both sides being cops and pro uh, racists and protesters. Okay. okay. So on, um, so he's called the death of George Floyd, uh, the murder of George Floyd, uh, tragic. He said he's praying for them. Um, but during his weekly Angelus prayer, Angelus prayer, I don't know. Uh, this is on Wednesday at the Vatican. He said, quote, dear brothers and sisters in the United States, I've witnessed with great concern the disturbing social unrest in your nation these past days following the tragic death of George Floyd. My friends, we cannot tolerate or turn a blind eye to racism and exclusion in any form and yet claim to defend the sacredness of every human life. End of quote. Moving on. JK, he kept talking, Hammett. Don't worry. <laughs> What at else the same that? time, to be fair, at the same time, we have to re- recognize that the violence of recent nights is self-destructive and self-defeating. Nothing is gained by violence, and so much is lost. Um, so equating the handful of looters and I mean, bad faith protesters <laughs> with all the people peacefully protesting? Well, I mean, even beside that, I think, and I listen, I understand Pope Francis did not take U.S. history in high school, and that's fine. But I would like to counter his point with my own point, which is, yeah, fucking does. Protests (laughs) and rioting and violence is the one way that we have proven time and time again gets people to listen. People don't care about human lives. You know what it turns out they fucking care about? Apple Buildings getting and- damaged. They care about they care about property damage. That is the big tragedy to people through this whole thing. So when we're looking from women's suffrage to the Stonewall riots to civil rights movements, people don't give a shit until you start tearing it down. And that is what they are doing because they have been, listen, we saw what happened when somebody tried to do a peaceful protest, Colin Kaepernick, when he knelt and right. oh my God, 
the nerve of this man, the nerve of this man to stand during my favorite song in front of my favorite piece of cloth. Like, how could he? That was the wrong way to protest. And then guess what? Police kept murdering black people. And so, you know what? Police, you don't get to keep doing this without consequences. You are looking. This is what the consequences of your own action. And, and these protests, whether they are violent or not, are just proving everybody's point. There's so much footage. And listen, like I understand like if police are being attacked, they're going to attack in kind or what the fuck ever. However, there is so much video footage of people just walking down the street and getting fucking spear tackled by a cop or maced in the fucking face while they're at a fucking stoplight. Did you see the one? There's a guy who was sitting, uh, I think it was in Denver. He was in a car with his pregnant wife or girlfriend and they like tear gassed his car. He was sitting at a red light and they just like marched over and fucking tear gassed his car. And so he yelled at them. And of course, you know what happens after that, but like, Uh riots are the language of the oppressed. Riots are the language of people who have not been listened to since the beginning of this country. And I a hundred percent support it. If it takes smashing an Apple store for the government to realize that systemic racist is a major problem. So fucking be it. We can replace glass. We can replace. it It is telling that the people who tend to comment, like, I can't believe these people are wrecking property. Like, they never seem to get as mad about the killings. And again, they'll be the first ones to say, of course the killings are wrong. Yeah, well, you didn't post about those deaths, but you sure as hell posted about, like, whatever LLD window coming out. I saw, I'm sure it's a tweet or something that was put really well of, if you are saying to yourself, Sure, it's too bad black people died, but people really need to stop looting. You need to switch that around and say, <laughs> sure, it's too bad people are looting, but we really need to stop killing black people. Like, Right. The and they people- are getting, I mean, the protesters are getting some results. There are, I think in mm. L.A., they're removing, what, $150 million from the police budget and There's, shifting it over to I mean, Minneapolis, they, communities of color. Yeah, they've arrested all four officers and I think have arrested all four officers involved in in the murder of George Floyd. Like it's getting results. And like, let's not forget what happened in um, during the civil rights era. After eight days of protest, we got the fucking Civil Rights Act. Right. Eight days after Martin Luther King was shot. Right. Thank you. After Martin Luther King was shot eight days and boom, we got civil rights. Did that solve everything? No. Did it move the did it move us forward? Yes. So you cannot on one side say, well, a black guy walking down the street is seen as a threat to the police just by merely existing. And on the other side, say like, well, they need to like fucking chill out or so. Like it's so the lack of empathy people have for people of color in this country is astounding. And man, people are showing their asses on this thing. People (laughs) really are. They're 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 really showing their true colors. I would also point out that during the past week or two, I feel like Joe Biden hasn't gotten credit for all the good stuff he's been like he's doing the stuff you expect from a normal human candidate and like he's doing it well. But yeah, he makes stupid gaffes every now and then. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he said something stupid that he didn't mean it like that i'm not trying to like make excuses for him but that's the thing everyone focuses on when 
you know, when he says the right stuff in a speech, they're like, yeah, we're not paying attention. Or when he's going to the right. protest, they're not paying attention. He's doing all the right stuff and they focus on the gaffes. Meanwhile, Donald Trump yeah. is actively making everything worse and no one media wise yeah, he- gives him the appropriate amount of condemnation for the shit he does. He's literally building a wall around the fucking White House. Like, I did hear that whole so... situation has been hashtag babygate. <laughs> oh, pettiness. You know what has really given me a lot of life today um, was... Um, do you, Are you familiar, haven't with the, uh, the Third Amendment? Uh, which one is that? It's the one that says that, um, that, uh, I'm just going to read it. Third amendment means that Americans had the right to decide if soldiers are, it's no quartering of soldiers. Okay. Um, and mayor Bowser, who is mayor, Washington, uh, mayor. thank you. Um, he, uh, evicted 1200 troops from 10 States out of, um, uh, from of the Utah National Guard out of DC hotels. So they have brought in the Utah National Guard, put them up in these hotels, and they're being evicted. Uh-huh. And it's just everybody's like, finally, we can yell, it's my third amendment, right? Like, it, <laughs> this one tweet, the, the absolute fucking scholar, James Madison, dabbing on everyone who ever made fun of the third amendment. <laughs> Uh, the nice. third amendment showing up after 229 years like it's just so good of like yeah we've read the constitution too you motherfuckers it's not just about guns that's awesome it's just really <laughs> been giving me a lot of life you just you just not, really petty hashtags i think are what's going to win this revolution and Clearly. i stand, and i, stand I, I hope it sustains through november it's asking a lot to get people this active and interested and focused like it's good Keep it going, or at least remember it come November. I got an email um, from TGI Fridays because I ordered takeout. That's the whitest thing I've ever heard. You know what? I'm going to own that one. I like TGI Fridays. I really like their whiskey glaze sauce. Fucking fight me on this one. I love chain restaurants. I know I'm white. (laughs) I got an email yesterday, and it said, in all caps, Black Lives Matter and like followed up with a paragraph about racial disparity, et cetera. Yeah, which, I was waiting to hear what TGI Fridays had to say about this whole situation. Which, yes. I think it's wild that corporations are like, Hey, we like black people too. And obviously there's two sided capitalism is garbage, whatever. However, <laughs> I am, <laughs> I have heard more about racial justice from TGI Fridays <laughs> than I have from the President of the United States. I am yeah. happier with the political stance of TGI Fridays, which sells mudslides and margaritas that come in a gallon jug. <laughs> and I know they think Black Lives Matter. You know who doesn't think Black Lives Matter? The fucking President. So, like, yeah. I don't know what's happening. This is capitalism dystopia. I, I, I feel like this is a weird fever dream that i'm having that i now know the political stance of fucking fr- i don't know man like <laughs> what is going on how did we 
get here. I do. I do like the NFL suddenly backtracking on everything they've ever yes. done. What's that? Um, commissioner they know they have to, but you know they're not going to do it right. So it's like Drew Brees says something, then apologizes, then Trump tweets it. Now he's apologizing. Or now, now he's trying to like push back against Trump. It's oh, so like what didn't the what commissioner did Drew of the NFL? Say? What is it? What did Drew Brees say? I've heard that oh, word. He like, that I, I will know. always respect the flag. I don't want anyone to disrespect the flag. And it's like, right. dude, that's not what anyone did. That's not what anyone's talking about. You don't know what you're doing. Aaron Rodgers, who is awesome on these issues, said something right and different. But Drew Brees said the ignorant, stupid thing. And everyone basically dragged him for it and then he's like you guys turns out i'm stupid i'm sorry um and then of course in the meantime trump is like yeah drew Brees." so now he has to like shit now i got trump on my side that can't be good the commissioner and everyone's like do you remember colin kaepernick do you know what you did to him? He, he straight up said like i was wrong about that which like yeah he's not gonna dude, do anything but he no, said of it. course not what's he gonna do give colin kaepernick a platform or a job no 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 they, that's that's too far afield. power but they won't oh i'm so done Ugh, with fuck. it's just been really rough um Betsy DeVos said something, uh, did something terrible about trans rights. Um, she's basically saying that um, uh, Connecticut, we, we've talked about, there's um, a lawsuit of some cis girls being mad that there's trans girls on their like fucking college softball team or whatever. Yeah, high um, school, I think. That was and a high school. There's a lawsuit going on. And this time, Betsy DeVos stepped in and said, the Department of Education said if your district, if your school is allowing trans athletes to compete in sports, uh, in their perspective, in the wrong sport, then mm-hmm. your school may lose its federal funding. That's the argument they're making. How much of it is a actual threat? How much of it is something schools need to be worried about? Who knows? But it just goes to show you, like, they will do anything they can to just hurt public schools that are trying to make it an inclusive place for students that goes against everything Republicans stand for. This is a small beef, but like as Betsy DeVos is a problem here. Donald Trump is a problem here. People need to stop saying it's like those couple individuals or like the hand, like it's not Trump. It's the Republican party. Blame the whole damn party. Don't just blame one dude as if Mike Pence would be any better. They're all bad. Right. Start anyone who's right. crit- critical of these people, tarnish the whole Republican Party with all of them because they're all in this. They all support it. It's not like they're just two bad eggs. No, no, no. The whole orchard is bad. Blame everybody. So whenever Trump does something bad, blame all the senators. Blame your hometown senator for putting up with that shit if they're Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting tired um, of seeing a lot of people blaming Trump and Tr- it's it's all about him. It's like, no, there's Senate races going on with his defenders. They're all in it. Blame Susan. Co- he was in Maine today. Susan Collins just avoided her home state. She's like, ah, I can't be there. I got to do something. I have to sit in my office and twiddle my thumbs mm-hmm. or whatever it is she does all day. Quietly cry, realizing my mistakes. Like, also, her. I do- hold her accountable for all the things he does and everyone else too, not just her. Um, 
I think all of your points were really valid. I do want to point out that you did the weirdest mixed metaphor, and I just think it would be really bad for me not to call it out because you said it's not a rotten egg, it's the whole orchard. <laughs> <laughs> Missed that as I said it. Well caught. That, <laughs> that just really made my heart happy. Nice. Um Apparently, Lindsey Graham is being outed by some sex workers, so that's yeah, fun. I don't know if I believe this yet. The art, So some sex worker, a male sex worker, basically pulled a Ted Haggard and said, I've been, uh, every sex worker I know has met up with Lindsey Graham, basically, mm-hmm. and they all need to come out and we're all going to out him together. But it's more of this, like, eh, I don't know why we should believe them as much as it would kind of be hilarious because Lindsey Graham's a hypocrite. Um, One conversation that is worth having is they were saying uh, things like, well, again, if it's a sex worker, who cares who you're seeing? It's built on secrecy. You're not supposed to out anyone. But when they're actively harming your life, which is what Lindsey Graham does for the LGBTQ people and, and, and gay people, then do it. Um, yeah, I am. That's what um, happened in the Ted Haggard situation? Like the guy he had been seeing saw Ted Haggard, the preacher, on television, and he's like, "That's the guy who comes to see me all the time." Oh, I didn't realize he gets on TV and talks about how much gay people are awful. So yeah. he outed him, and it was a good thing he did. So if this is all true, then go ahead, out him, make his South Carolina Senate race harder for him. Yeah, I I, I normally am not into um, outing people without their consent. But as soon as you try to do damage to a community that you're in fact part of, you lose right. any any semblance of, of being protected by those people. He's a monster. I hope he gets voted out. <laughs> It's kind of funny because it's him. It's not gay shaming and all the sex workers and all the uh, liberals who are like having a blast with this on Twitter are very clear. No one cares if he's gay. Only Lindsey Graham seems to care about those insinuations. Mm-hmm. It's hypocrisy. Yeah. Yep. 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 So anyway, is that all you have? Uh, wait, I want to read a. I forgot, I think, last week to read a, oh. uh, um, a what are they called? Review. Yeah. Um, so the, mm, I think I've read this one already. So I'm going to read the most recent one. <laughs> this is just a tough one. Love the podcast. It is from Digital Sorceress. Nice. Five stars. Jessica's voice really does remind me of Carrie Poppy in a good way. Something nice about Hemant here. <laughs> i appreciate the genericness and she spelled your name wrong so that's pretty fun for me as well it's all good people don't like that n in your name huh they really want you to be it i'm used to it it's all good don't even recognize it at this point classic white people um also i think this weekend or in the next week we're gonna be watching that terrible uh movie christian movie and recording because you guys have been very generous with um with patreon so we owe you some garbage (laughs) (laughs) we'll watch kirk cameron just for you uh yeah yeah Yeah. um man it's gonna be if we'd watched it two weeks ago we wouldn't be watching it under the weight of like civil unrest so it's really (laughs) gonna put a different spin on this um we'll wait till maybe um, that goes away i don't know yeah you know in 200 years or so when, yes, when, exactly. when racism is cured. We'll wait till racism is um, over, then we'll watch it. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, if you are in need of some sort of weird cross stitch, you can go to my Etsy shop. It's uh, Bitches Get Stitch Done. Also, my husband and I started a... Um, uh, a new podcast called Cooper Duper. Um, it's a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. My husband's a diehard Twin Peaks fan, and I've also seen the show. So we're just doing a rewatch and chatting about it. And it's been really, really fun. And, um, yeah, I've genuinely been enjoying it. So if you need something to watch, I, I always do better when I do, like, watch-along podcasts because it helps me kind of figure out what the hell's going on. Um, so yeah, you can just, uh, find that on iTunes or whatever. Um, Hemet. All right. I'm at Hemet Meta. Find me at Friendly Atheist. Uh, go on YouTube, search for Friendly Atheist. I've been posting videos recently and, uh, we'll see you all talk to you next week. All right. Thanks guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.